Hello and welcome to The Quiz Kids from otrgold.com. This episode will begin after a brief message from our sponsors. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The Quiz Kids, brought to you by the makers of Alka-Seltzer and One-A-Day brand vitamins. The words armed assault in United States newspapers failed to disturb either the police or the United Nations Security Council this week. Why not? Mm, that certainly disturbs me, but I'm afraid I'll have to give. How about you folks listening in? But hold a minute. Here's some kids I bet know the answer, because they're the Quiz Kids! And here's a man who knows the answer because he has it on his card. Our chief quizzer himself, Joe Kelly. Thank you, Tom Moore, and hello, everyone. Well, we have a little surprise in store for you today. I can't tell you much about it yet, but I'll give you a hint. You've all heard the saying, all the world loves a lover... Well, it's rumored that we have one in our classroom today. She's an attractive quiz kid graduate, and we'll let her speak for herself later on. Right now, we'd better get right down to roll call. Patrick? I'm Patrick Allen-Continent. I'm 10 years old and in fifth grade at the Fort Dearborn School. Lonnie? I'm Lonnie Lundy. I'm 11 years old and in the seventh grade at Lincoln School, Park Ridge, Illinois. John? I will be on Monday. <laughs> oh, well, good for you. All right, John. I'm John Pollock. I'm 13 years old and in the eighth grade at the Trumbull School, Chicago. Robert? I'm Robert L. Burns. I'm seven years old. I'll be in the fourth grade at Jefferson School, Gary, Indiana. And here's Ruthie back from camp. I'm Ruthie Duskin. I'm 13 years old, and I'm in the 10th grade at U High. And Ruthie, congratulations on all those honors you took at camp in swimming, archery, and riding. I'll bet you had a grand time. And now back to that first question from Minoru Toki of Sacramento, California. The words armed assault in United States newspapers failed to disturb either the police or the United Nations Security Council this week. Why not? And uh, Pat's hand was up first. Well, because armed, armed and assault are both horses, and they won races, I think. Well, your sensor uh, is working very good, Pat. The arms came in first and the salt came in second or something like that. I, I couldn't tell you, but I know they're both racehorses. Well, you're so. on the right track, uh, Pat. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Let's see, Lonnie? Well, assault was hurt. I don't think, he's ra I don't think he raced last week. Uh, that's, uh, wh what are you going to say, Robert? No, that was right. Huh? He didn't race last week because I heard the race. 
Oh, you did? Uh-huh. Well, you must have been on the wrong track then, uh, because they, they didn't race. Uh, uh, Lonnie is uh, correct on that. You see, they're the two top racehorses armed in assault, and they were scheduled to meet in a match race on Saturday, August 30th. Uh, however, the race had to be canceled because assault pulled up lame after a workout early in the week. All right, that takes care of question number one. And Mrs. Archie Clay of San Diego, California, wants you to suppose that leaders in Bible times were given titles similar to those we give government officials today. What biblical characters might have had these titles? I'll try and get two out of three. First title, Egyptian National Relief Administrator. Ruthie? Well, wouldn't that be the, uh, Joseph? That's when right. He, when he uh, got over the famine in Egypt? That's right. That's the correct answer. How about uh, Collector of Internal Revenue? Lonnie? I think that... Uh, I'm not sure what his name was, but uh, Joseph and Mary had to go to uh, their home city to be taxed. And uh, on the way, well, while they were there in Bethlehem, Jesus was born. I'm not sure who the uh, king was that ordered it, though. Well, now let's see if we can help you out on that, Lonnie. We have some other hands up here. John? Well, uh, Herod was the king, and, uh, well, Matthew was a tax collector before he came one of the disciples. That's the answer. Matthew, that's correct. How about uh, administrator of the Federal Cosmetics Act? That's the toughie. John? Well, it might be kind of far-fetched, but uh, Jezebel, when she was... Uh, before she was killed, she was always, uh, she got real dressed up and they tossed her out of the window. Well, uh, when she was getting dressed up, didn't she, uh, she painted her face, didn't yeah. she? That's right, and that's the answer. Well, you got all three of them instead of two out of three. L.L. L. Reimer of Lewistown, Montana wants you to listen to these notes on the piano and imagine that the white keys represent white horses and the black keys black horses. Now, none of you children can see the keyboard, can you? No, I'm sure you couldn't. Well, suppose uh, we were leading the horses into the barn in this order. Now, try to call the color as you hear the notes. Here they are. Lonnie? Black. Black, and what note is that? E-flat. E-flat. All right, let's go along. Oh, uh, that's uh, B, and that'd be white. White. F, white. Correct. A-flat, white, or black. Black, that's absolutely right. Now, this uh, gets really hard because our pianist will play six notes all at the same time. They represent six horses milling around in the barn, and you must tell how many are black and how many are white. Here they are, all six notes played together. <coughs> Robert? Three. <laughs> Three what, Robert? Three apiece. Oh! <laughs> You could miss on that, could you? <laughs> oh, that was a dandy. <laughs> Robert, you and I are pals, believe me. <laughs> Lonnie? Well, wasn't it two black and four white? That's right. Two black and four whites. <laughs> Lonnie, can you give us the notes? Well, uh, could you play the chord again? Yeah, let's have the chord again, Jack. Well, from top to bottom, it's uh, G flat, D, B flat, G, E, and C. That's correct. That's fine. (laughs) 
Here's the last part of the question. One horse got away. As he ran out of the barn, did he turn to the right or the left? Robert? Left. <laughs> <laughs> Why do you say that, Robert? Because probably there was uh, only uh, one way he could go. Oh. <laughs> you mean a fence right outside the barn? <laughs> John? Oh, I think it'd be right, wouldn't it? Because wasn't that over Middle C? Well, now, uh, was it? I think it was. Let's see. Uh, let's check with Lonnie. Uh, all right, Lonnie. Well, uh, there were three. There were six notes played, and that is the uh, third from the bottom. So okay. it'd be. So Robert would be right. Well, now wait a minute. We just had one single note. See. And the idea is, as he ran out of the barn, did he turn to the right or the left? And this one single note that, uh, that Jack just played for us uh, is the uh, clue. Let's have it again, Jack. All right, uh, Robert? Right. <laughs> oh, oh, you've got your guessing cap on. Now, Lonnie? Well, the uh, note is G. The note is G, so? Well, he was, I think it was in the middle, so he turned right because G is in the middle of right. Well, uh, now, wait a minute. <laughs> Uh, John? Well, I don't know notes, but wasn't that uh, the G above middle C? I, I don't know anything about notes. I couldn't tell. What, uh, can you explain that, Lonnie? Well, that was the G above middle C. Mm -hmm. Now, Pat, you had your hand up. Let's well, see. I suppose he turned left then. Huh? I suppose he turned left then. Well, I don't think anybody has said that as yet, but uh, that isn't uh, correct. Robert, little Robert had his hand up again. All right, Robert. Well, then he wouldn't turn either way. <laughs> well, <laughs> I'll tell you I think we're going to have to call a miss on this You, you, you got the note all right But G, when uh, you're driving a horse You say G to the horse what, uh, Which way does he turn? What way does he turn? He turns to the uh, right That's when a farmer calls G to his horse It means to turn right See? So that's, that's a miss, and uh, that means that L.L. Uh, Reimer of Lewistown, Montana gets one of the uh, big $250 Zenith radio phonograph combinations for sending that stumper in. And now then, let's see here. The next question is yours, Tom Moore. When a busy, nerve-wracking day leaves you with a miserable, nervous headache, you want relief, and you want relief as fast as you can get it. You want Alka-Seltzer. Yes, the next time you have a headache, take an Alka-Seltzer. Alka-Seltzer means fast relief because its pain-relieving ingredient is already in solution when you drink it. Make no mistake about it, there's nothing quite like Alka-Seltzer to bring you fast relief from a headache. And you'll always keep it handy once you're Alka-Seltzer wise. Thank you, Tom. Now, kids, here we go with some more questions. There's no need to remind you children that school time is here again. J.B. Anderson of Baltimore, Maryland, points out that some teachers seat their children alphabetically while others let the pupils choose their own desks. If your teacher gave you your choice, what seat in the room would you choose as the best from all angles and why? John? Well, I'd take the last seat in the last row and she couldn't watch what I was doing. I oh! Lonnie? Well, I think it's better to be near the windows. I, I think I'd take the last seat in the row nearest the windows. Why, uh, 
Why do you well, want... I don't know. It gives you better light for when you're riding. Uh-huh. That's true. Well, you can see what's going on outside, <laughs> too. <clears throat> yes, uh, Pat? Well, I think, uh... I have, uh, I have the second seat and the third row now, and I like to be in the middle of the room so I can see what's going on. And, uh, there's a, a small boy in front of me, so I don't have to worry much about seeing, uh, seeing things. Uh, I like it very well myself. I've been, uh, I've been practically all over the room. <laughs> oh, you have? <laughs> in other words, you, uh, cover yeah. a lot of, uh, schoolroom territory, uh-huh. Uh, Ruthie? Well, I, I think that where I sat would all depend on where certain other people sat. I mean... And, and also... Oh, I see. <laughs> uh, tell and, us um, more, Ruthie. <laughs> I, I would probably have a preference for the 13th seat in the room because 13 is my lucky number and it's my birthday. Well, good for you. Uh, John, did you... Uh... Well, I said I want to sit in the last seat in the last row, but she usually sticks me up in front where she can watch me. Well, <laughs> she's reading your mind, uh-huh. And uh, Robert? I like to have the first seat because in the uh, whole classroom, because so, I'd be the smartest. <laughs> well, sounds uh, plausible. Yes, and Lonnie? Well, I'd really like to be in the teacher's, in the seat at the teacher's. <laughs> oh, you would? Uh-huh. Well, mm-hmm. Well, I guess uh, we uh, know where we're going to sit now, or if... Uh, we can have our choice. <laughs> a baseball fan, Paul C. Duncan of Oklahoma City, Oklahoma, noticed that some well-known airfields across the country have the same names as his favorite baseball players. What field bears the name of a Chicago Cubs third baseman? Lonnie? Well, Lowry Field. And where is it located? I think it's, uh... I think it's Kansas, isn't it? No, no, of course, that isn't part of the question. I thought I'd ask you to see if you knew where it was located. Uh, Lowry Field is correct. Robert, you had your hand up. What were you going to say, son? Well, uh, is that in Chicago? No. John? <laughs> well, I didn't want to say about the field, but uh, Lowry doesn't always play third base. He's well, not base. always, but uh, <laughs> you see, we had to use that name, see, to put this question over. Uh, and uh, Lowry, what's his uh, first name, Lonnie? Harry, uh, huh? or better known as Peanuts. Peanuts Lowry, yes, uh-huh. Uh, well, Lowry Field is located in uh, Denver, Colorado. Uh, how about uh, the Boston Red Sox left fielder? Robert? That would be, uh, wait, is that in the American League or the National League? Well, now, listen, don't you get too technical now. Uh, the Boston Red Sox left fielder, that's all I'm going to say. All right, Robert. Ted Williams and, oh. uh, it would be Williams Field. And, and uh, Williams Field is right. And uh, do, you, do you know where it's located? That, wouldn't that be in Chicago? <laughs> no. <laughs> no. It's, uh, John, do you know where it is? No, I just want to say the Red Sox in the American League. Oh, I see. <laughs> well, Williams Field is located in Chandler, Arizona. Now, here's the last part of the question. The right fielder for the Chicago White Sox. Robert? Kathy Wright, and that's right field here in Chicago. No, no. <laughs> We've got to spread these fields out over the country, see? <laughs> right field. Right field is in Dayton, Ohio, Robert. Yeah. But, uh, but you were right in the answer you gave me. Now, uh, we have two hands left uh, up here. Ruthie? Well, I, I always thought that right field was in the baseball diamond. Oh, Ruthie. Oh. 
That was very, very good, Ruthie. Now, two out of three on this question from Pauline Salzman of Grand Rapids, Michigan. She says that today's change to longer skirts would never have bothered certain operatic heroines and wants you to tell why this is true of the following. And the first heroine is Leonore in Fidelio. Leonore in Fidelio. Uh, Ruthie? Because um, <laughs> she disguised herself as a man, Fidelio, so it wouldn't have affected her at all. That's right. That's correct. And uh, how about Mimi in La Boheme? Pat? Well, uh, she was a dressmaker. So? So uh, she wouldn't have to worry about it. That's right. She could make them short or long. <laughs> mm-hmm. And how about uh, Mariandel in Der Rosenkavalier? Mariandel. What about that one? You give up on that one? Well, uh, she is actually the page boy, Octavian, who is disguised in feminine attire while posing as uh, a maid. Well, I'm sorry, but that's a miss, kids. No, wait a minute. It isn't a miss. We asked for two out of three, and you gave me two, and I gave you the third one, so it is not a miss. Now, this question is from Mrs. Elsa Tatch of San Antonio, Texas. It is now more than a year since the atom bomb was tested at uh, Bikini Atoll. If someone were to tell you that this test was a failure because only about 14% of the ships were sunk, what facts could you now present to show that the test was extremely successful? John? Well, uh, uh, in the first test and in the second test, the ships were all poisoned by radioactivity, and so they... Uh, even if the ships weren't actually damaged themselves, when they got back in the port, there'd be a whole crew of dead men with them. That's right. That's very, very right. Huh? And Lonnie? Well, didn't they test on some animals? Some goats, I think? Yes. Well, I, the goats died, didn't they, soon afterwards? Well, let's some check with some, radioactive some of the other hands here. Pat, how about that? Well, uh, only 14% uh, of the ships were sunk, but, uh, but most of them were badly uh, damaged and uh, could never be used again. Well, uh, that's uh, possibly true uh, to some extent. John? Well, in the uh, goats, uh, most of them, uh, when they uh, performed an autopsy, I mean, uh, took them apart and see what uh, was the matter, they found that uh, the blood vessels in the body had uh, ex expanded to such an extent that they had ruptured and split uh, blood in the, all the tissues and muscle. That's right. And uh, speaking of the ships... Even now, a year later, some of them are still so radioactive that men can remain aboard for only eight hours at a time. And now, friends, we overhear Tom Moore in a little tete-a-tete with a cute little radio actress. Why, Sally Mae, what goes today? You're looking not so gay. Did love depart and break your heart? What's the matter, eh? Oh, Tom, I'm low. I'm full of woe because I was unwise. Today I learned my stomach is much smaller than my eyes. At noon, I take some chocolate cake. At two, some berry pie. And now I fret. I'm all upset. A sorry gal am I. In an hour or so, I have a radio show, but they'll have to call a new girl. I just wouldn't dare to go on the air while my midriff is all in a whirl. Now, Sally May, you mean to say a clever girl like you, when unwise eating brings distress, you don't know what to do? Oh, of course I knew as well as you that Elka Seltzer's 
fine when acid indigestion brings discomfort such as mine. Believe me, chum, I wish for some. I'd take it if I could, but the Alka-Seltzer I don't have can't do me any good. Why, Sally May, you've heard me say a thousand times or more it's time to buy a new supply when tablets get to four. No, Tom, don't preach. Just kindly reach in your jacket pocket. Donate some Alka-Seltzer, friend. I know you always stock it. Ah, oh, this is a touch, but I enjoy such. It's a chance to contribute relief. And I'm giving advice at no extra price to save you from similar grief. Now, Tom, I'm confessing I've learned me a lesson. And you can spare me the rest of your speech. I'll stop at the store and I'll buy some more and I'll keep Elka-Seltzer in reach. I was going to say when you got them away that here's the smart way to do. When you stop at that store for to buy you some more, instead of one package, buy two. Keep one in your home and take one when you roam. Then you'll never be in such a fix. When a radio show gives a chance to make dough, you won't have to give it the Knicks. Ah, oh, Tom, you amuse me. But would you excuse me? Alka-Seltzer has work to do now. And please let me know what you think of my show. I'm positive I'll be a wow. So long, Tom, and thanks. Uh, that's what I like about radio people. They're so modest. Well, where were you, Joe? Oh, yes, we're up to the next question. Right you are, Tom. <laughs> <laughs> And here we go with it. Mrs. W.A. Gores of Mentor, Ohio, sent in a singing question, and we've brought back a Quizgit graduate to sing the song for you children. She is a very appropriate young lady for this purpose, too, because the question is about household duties, and just this week, she formally announced her engagement. I'm proud to present one of our original quiz kids, lovely Cynthia Klein. Uh, Cynthia, what's the name of this lucky fellow? His name is Henry Kerm. Uh-huh. Where did you meet him? <laughs> well, we both were studying for our master's degrees at Northwestern University, and we met there. I see. Well, what's he, uh, what's he interested in, Cynthia? Uh, besides you, that is. <laughs> <laughs> He's going to be a chemist, and a good one, too. During the war, he worked on the atom bomb at Oak Ridge, Tennessee. Well, what do you know? Say, Henry is quite a guy, isn't he? Uh, when do you think you'll get married, Cynthia? Just as early in the spring as we can possibly make it. Well, that sounds mighty fine. You, you know, don't you, that you make me feel awfully old. I remember when you original quiz kids were just little tykes, and, and now when I realize that most of you are 21 and 22, <laughs> well, you know, it was only a few days ago that Margaret Merrick was married, and you're the sixth, uh, Cynthia. Oh, me. Well, I'll tell you, let's get back to that question about household duties, and I trust that you will be doing them soon, Cynthia. So let's hear you sing about them while the kids try to figure out what duties the titles uh, suggest. Here's the first one. That piece of star, stardust, yes. so that would be dust, dusting everything. That's right, <laughs> dusting. Uh-huh, that's correct. Let's listen to the next. Wishing will make it so. Just keep on wishing and care will go. Pat? Well, that's wishing will make it so, and... 
Uh, so, you have to sew. Sewing, uh-huh. Uh, Robert, I noticed you had your hand up some. What were you going to say? Well, uh, I didn't know what I was going to say, but I just thought of something. I didn't think it was right, so I, I'm glad you didn't call him. Well, that's, that's a good boy. If you think of something that is nice, don't you say it now. Uh-huh. Now, uh, let's... Uh, Cynthia will sing this last uh, uh, classic number in French... But even if you don't know French, you may possibly, just possibly, recognize the melody. Beau savant, beau savant, flûte savant avec beau savant. Beau savant, beau savant, flûte savant avec beau savant. Pat? Well, that's super sad, so that'd be washing. Yes, it was. <laughs> Well, thanks again, Cynthia, for being our guest, and every one of us wishes you the best of everything in your married life. Miss Louise Paul of Wauwatosa, Wisconsin, has a rather unique geography question for you kids. She wants you to take the initial letter of a capital city and the initial letter of the river on which it is located, insert one letter between the two letters, and form a word. For example, London is on the Thames, and by inserting uh, a letter between the L and the T, you could form, oh, say the word uh, lot, or let, or lit, and so on. Now, what word can you form if you take the capital of Italy and the river on which it is located? Pat? Well, the, uh, the capital was Rome. Rome, right. Uh, let's see. I sh oh, I know that. The river? river. name of the river. The river, um... Oh, well, anyway. <laughs> well, you've got to give me the name of the river yeah. now so we can get that uh, letter in between the two. Uh, Lonnie? Is it the Paul River? No, no. John? That's what I was going to say. Oh, you were going to say the same as Lonnie. Robert? Well, I may, I don't know the river, but uh, I may know... It the... isn't in Chicago now, Robert. I, know. <laughs> <laughs> I, I may not All know right. the river, but uh, I may know the letters. Well... You you do. Well, I you... may. I don't know. Well, all right. Uh, <laughs> what are the letters then? Well, it would be R and I T. R I T. Well, that's right, Robert. Now, how did you arrive at that? That's what I want to know. <laughs> because the name of the river does start with T. What is it? Uh, uh, how about the rest of you kids, uh, Ruthie? It isn't the Thames, is it? No, no, honey. No, uh, the Thames. Uh, I mentioned that a while ago. Pat? Well, uh, I don't know the river, but there could be rats and rot. Could... Well, uh, Rome is the capital and the river is the Tiber. So uh, Robert gave us a very uh, <laughs> unusual answer there. <laughs> Well, I'm, uh, I'm afraid I'm going to have to call it a miss. <laughs> but let's go along. The next one, uh, the capital of Egypt. Lonnie? Well, the capital of Egypt is Cairo, and Cairo. it's on the Nile, so that'd be C blank N, can. Yeah. Can? Uh-huh. Or con. Con, C-O-N. And uh, how about the capital of Hungary? Pat? Budapest, that's B. Yes. And, uh... The river? That's not the river pole, is it? No. <laughs> Robert? Well, this may be the words again. 
Cairo, isn't that spelled with a K? <laughs> no, <laughs> no, uh, we're talking about uh, the capital of Hungary now, which is Budapest, and it's on the, uh, what river? Well, All right, Robert. Um, well, I don't know the river, but these are the words, I think. B-I-T. No, no, them. you're overworking that T. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Lonnie? Well, isn't Budapest on the Budapest River? No, no, Budapest no. is on the Danube, so that would be B-A-D. <laughs> which Bud. you kids did on this question. <laughs> and that means that another one of the big $250 Zenith radio phonograph combination uh, goes to uh, Miss Louise Paul of Wabatosa, Wisconsin. Well, that's the bell quiz, kids. That means that school's over for another week. Now, why don't you children just sit back and take it easy while the judges go to work and add up your scores to see who comes back next week. Of course, all five of you, win or lose, get $100 savings bonds from the makers of Alka-Seltzer to help you with your future education. And now I know our listeners would like to learn how they can win a radio, so Tom Moore, it's up to you to tell them. Have you been thinking all summer about sending in a question to the quiz, kids, and you just didn't get around to it? Well, why don't you do it now and try to win one of those wonderful Zenith radios? Either the sporty Zenith portable transoceanic model in the good-looking luggage case or the wonderful cabinet model, $250 phonograph radio combination with two FM bands, silent automatic record changer, and the new Cobra tone arm. You know, you won't have an excuse much longer. Summer's practically gone. Cool weather's just around the corner, so now's the time to do something about that radio. Either radio is well worth winning, so send that question to Quiz Kids Chicago right away. Now I see the judges have given you the report cards, teacher, so let's see how well our Quiz Kids did today. Well, you kids missed two questions. Lonnie was first, Pat second, John third. You three will be back in school next Sunday, along with Mike Mullen, age nine, and Sandra Vegas, age eight. This is Joe Kelly dismissing the Quiz Kids class until this same time next week. Goodbye, kids. Goodbye, Goodbye Mr. Kelly. Kelly. Boy, am I hungry. What's for dinner, Aunt Mandy? I've got everything you like, like steak, mashed potatoes, peas, buttered rolls, pie, a la mode, and coffee. Ain't that scrumptious? Sounds mighty good, but put that one-a-day vitamin bottle on the table. Yes, too often meals we like to eat are short on vitamins. Lack of vitamins in your food causes you to feel tired and run down. But here's how you can be sure of your vitamins. Take one one-a-day brand multiple vitamin capsule every day. Lack of vitamins can make you nervous and irritable. Take one one-a-day brand multiple vitamin capsule every day. At your drugstore, look for the figure one on the blue package. Take one one-a-day brand multiple vitamin capsule every day. <laughs> Listen to the Quiz Kids every week and to Alka-Seltzer's News of the World every Monday through Friday on most of these NBC stations. This is NBC, the national broadcasting company.